Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host for Nick's Nerd. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Nick's Nerd News on this lovely, lovely November 4th. We are six days away from the release of The Next Generation. Yes, six days away, folks. Six days away before Series X is released. Series X and S, I should say. But, hey, before we get into anything, let me introduce myself. I am Nick. I'm your host of Nick's Nerd News. Obviously, right? You wouldn't expect, like, some guy named Kevin to be hosting. But, hey, welcome to the show. If you're new, thanks for joining. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Make sure to like and subscribe if you like what you hear today. If you've been listening for, for over two years now, we're on episode 130. Thanks for sticking by and, and continuing to listen year and week and week after week. We have have um, a lot <laughs> to talk about today. Got two whole weeks since last week was more of a retrospective, if you will. And I, I, I kind of want to talk about my expectations this week, but I, I don't know if we'll get time to that. We'll try. Like I said, there's a lot to talk about this week in, in just terms of, of everything else that's going on. And it, it's a wild and crazy time. It, it's been one of the, the last two weeks have had some of the most news in regards to like everything going on in, in quite a while, I should say. And plus TV is starting to come back. Uh, new games are out. So that there is a lot and when I say a lot, there is a lot to talk about this week. So, let's not dilly-dally any any bit here. Let's just get right into the thick of it here. Let's jump right into video games, shall we? As as per usual, what do we always talk about first here? And let's get right into it, huh? How about this? You know, I just said PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X do come out in a week. And we did get some news regarding the PlayStation 5. And it looks like it looks like it's going to get updates to the fan. Yes, the fan, as time goes on. And uh, this is per 4gamer.net, uh, which is a Japanese website, I think. And they said that uh, per the thermal engineer, Yashuhiro Utori who's the one who broke down the, the PlayStation 4, uh, he says, Various games will be released in the future, and data on the APU's behavior in each game will be collected. We plan to optimize the fan control based on this data. Which, he also said, uh, Internal temperature of the APU and the highest temperature of the three temperature sensors will all be monitored. And... He said, we made a transparent model of the chassis and observed the dry ice smoking smoke flowing through it and took temperature readings in each part of the system as we made improvements. So it looks like they do want to work on the, the sound and, and, you know, build up and heat issues that plague consoles that, that don't really plague PCs as much because 
Obviously, consoles need to be a, a smaller form factor, and liquid cooling isn't necessarily something that's always feasible or a, a cheap uh, or mass-producible to, to fit in a small form factor console like that. So, look, the 360 had the issue, the PS4 had the, uh, sounds like a jet engine meme that's, that's online, so every console, to a degree, gets hot. There's a lot of power going on in those tiny little boxes, and it looks like Sony is, is going to address that in an interesting way that, that I wouldn't expect, really, from anyone to do. And, and it's it's interesting that they're taking that approach, and that, that's actually a really, a really cool step forward, if you ask me. It's not something that I would even think of being possible. So it, it's good to hear something like that, and it's good to hear that they want to make sure that everyone has a nice, smooth gameplay experience across the board. So it's good to hear them them doing something like this and pulling out all the stops. And uh, it is November 4th. Halloween was this past weekend. Hopefully you guys had a fun socially distanced Halloween or not socially distanced. However you wanted to to swing it and pull it. That's all it's all on you. But I'm not going to not going to tell you how to live your life. But how about that Warzone event last week, huh? In this past weekend. Verdansk at night. That was fun. Hell, even that zombie mode, which I, unfortunately, we only played one of. My friends weren't super jazzed on it, and we got top five, so I don't know why they wouldn't want to keep playing it. But it, it definitely threw a new mix in, a new element to the mix, where instead of going to the gulag, you could essentially come back as a zombie and, and come back if you got two kills. So it was nice to, you know, be able to keep playing. So, like I said, it was definitely a, a different element than than what was in the past with with Warzone. So it was a fun little Halloween event that they did, and I'm surprised it was the only holiday they did it for. Granted, not many holidays existed for for Warzone in general. It only launched in, what, March or April, I think? So it, it, it makes sense that it wasn't able to fully... Uh, embrace a whole lot of things and granted not a whole lot of holidays you could do events around other than maybe Christmas but that's probably going to come with the Cold War version of Warzone as Warzone will continue to uh, be around for the next Call of Duty and I think it's still going to be free so you don't necessarily have to buy Cold War uh, when that comes out but I had a lot of fun with the Halloween event I wish they would keep Verdansk at night as an ongoing map I hope you guys had fun with it too, because it was a, definitely a new element to, to Call of Duty uh, for sure. Um, speaking of of next gen and new games and and things like this, uh, Microsoft and and three four three Industries have announced that the Halo Microsoft uh, Halo Microsoft the Halo Master Chief Collection will receive a four K one hundred twenty frames per second update to the game for next gen. On November 17th. So yes, you're going to get a 4K 120 for Halo Master Chief Collection. This game, and this is going to be on the original Halo, which is now going to be 20, 19 years old. 4K 120, right? It's like, if everyone's talking about 4K 60, 4K 60, but 4K 120. That's wild to think about. And I mean, granted, on a 20-year-old game, it's... I don't even know, like, what they do to do that, right? I'm not some technical genius wizard man, but it's it's out there. It's out there. And while we're talking about Halo, we finally got, like, 
some more concrete news about the Guillermo del Toro Halo movie that was supposed to happen. And to be honest, I'm happy it didn't happen because even though it was probably going to be good, in all honesty, like like visually, because it's Guillermo, right? And and his his Covenant aliens probably would have been like off the charts amazing. But story-wise, sus, man. And this is, this is per, I guess this was, uh, who was this? Paul Russell, who was the environment artist and creator of Halo's title. He brought up, he was talking about the Guillermo del Toro movie. He was on a, uh, something with IGN called IGN's Devs React to Speedrunners. It's, I guess it's a podcast they have. And he said, Master Chief Quote, Master Chief had a twin brother, and the twin brother sided with the Flood, and then the end of the movie was going to be brother against brother. I, uh, I just, um, I guess there was other Combat Evolved developers on it, and they said, uh, quote, that's what Joey, referring probably to Joseph Staten, the writer and cinematic director of Halo 1, was saying. Del Toro was pitching this to Joe at his house. He was punching Joe on the arm and going, and they're brothers, and they're going to fight at the end. Sadly, yeah, end quote. I, that sounds bad. Very bad. I, I don't see the Master Chief having a twin brother. I, that just, and I'm just very happy that never, was never made. Jesus, that was terrible. But, <laughs> wow, we dodged a bullet there. We really did. Um, yeah. Anyway, so if you guys have an Oculus, or uh, in general, Oculus Quest, regular Oculus, well, uh, or the Rift, that's that's what it is, and you have it linked to your Facebook account, which you have to do because Oculus is owned by Facebook, uh, if you delete your Facebook account, you will lose access to all of your games, purchases, and progress. Yes, Facebook is telling you, uh, fuck you, you need your, our, an account with us, essentially. We talked about a few weeks ago that you need a Facebook account now to, to play on Oculus and, and things like this. And this is pretty sad. This is per upload VR. And with uh, the Quest 2, this is when it was first noticed. Because it, it was the first one required to log in with a Facebook account. Uh, This is a screenshot that says, uh, essentially, deleting your Facebook account will also delete your Oculus information. This includes app purchases and your achievements. You will no longer be able to return any apps and will lose any existing store credits. And this is if you go on Facebook.com to delete your account. account. So there's a couple things. It says um, there's deactivate and permanently delete. And those are options. So if you have an Oculus account, these are what, what pop up, essentially. But... That's kind of like really shitty that if you've had an Oculus Rift or, or anything for years and because you get rid of your Facebook account now, you lose access to everything. Yeah, that's not fucking cool if you ask me. But I mean, I don't see myself deleting my Facebook anytime soon just because I use it, you know, for this and uh, for other purposes. But if I do get an Oculus, I hopefully don't have to worry about this in the future but that's what's happening anyway so assassin's creed valhalla comes out next week 
And with that announcement also, I mean, you can't really call it an announcement we've known for weeks, but Ubisoft and Netflix have announced a new partnership. Uh, The first fruit of this labor will be an Assassin's Creed live-action series, uh, and per... It will be produced by Ubisoft's Jason Altman and Danielle Krynik. And it will be part of multiple projects. And uh, it was announced on Twitter. But they said this will be an epic, genre-bending live-action adaptation. A search is currently underway for a showrunner. This is per their Twitter announcement. And they also announced that, quote, it will tap into the iconic video games trove of dynamic stories to create live-action and animated anime series. Um, I don't know if it's just Assassin's Creed or other things. And this is possibly tied into the anime series that that was announced a while back that's coming from Adi Shankar. But uh, they said, quote, For more than 10 years, millions of fans around the world have helped shape the Assassin's Creed brand into an iconic franchise. We're thrilled to create an Assassin's Creed series with Netflix, and we look forward to developing the next saga in the Assassin's Creed universe. Uh, Netflix went on to say, quote, We're excited to partner with Ubisoft and bring to life the rich, multi-layered storytelling that Assassin's Creed is beloved for. From its breathtaking historical worlds and massive global appeal as one of the best-selling video game franchises of all time, we are committed to carefully crafting epic and thrilling entertainment based on this distinct IP and provide a deeper dive for fans and our members around the world to enjoy. Looks like Netflix is becoming the home of video game adaptations, and ones that are not done bad. They're done pretty good, pretty well. So, I for one am okay with this. And the Assassin's Creed movie, which came out you know several years ago at this point, was wasn't terrible, but it wasn't good. It, it it had a lot of good ideas, and it, it added some cool stuff to the franchise. Like, the Animus that they had in that movie was way cooler than, like, the Animus in, like, the original games, which was just, like, a bed, and which kind of all it is now still. But I am excited to see how this turns out for Netflix, and, and I have... Low bar. I've uh, set a low bar for this. I'm not gonna lie. Video game act- adaptations are a, a dime a dozen, and they're not always good. But you know, television shows are a little bit more manageable, I guess, because you can spread it out over time, and you don't have to cram. And granted, it's probably not gonna adapt any of the games, but you don't have to cram what would be like a possible ten hour story into two hours, you know what I mean? And that's the problem with some video game adaptations, is they try to cram a game that took a long time to play through into a short story. It's same with books, and that's why book adaptations are not always good. So it's it it it's a double-edged sword, but I who knows? It could be bad, it could be good, it could be amazing. We don't know. But it, it's it's good to not set expectations too high at first. But, based off what they've done with The Witcher, and granted it's a book series, they're not basing it off the game, but based off what they've done with that, I can raise the bar a little bit higher for what they could possibly do with Assassin's Creed. It remains to be seen what happens there. And uh, we'll stick on the Ubisoft train here for a little bit. But we did get details on on what's going to happen for next-gen, essentially, with with Ubisoft games. Uh, Essentially, next-gen enhancements. And they have listed how things are going to work on both PlayStation 5 and 
uh, Xbox Series X and X for each game. Uh, so starting with Watch Dogs Legions, which is already out, and we'll be talking about that in just a little bit. Uh, for Series X and X S, uh, hardware accelerated ray tracing on both consoles, real time ray trace reflections, loading times reduced by Xbox Direct Storage, and Smart Delivery offers a free upgrade from Xbox One versions of the game, so I will be taking full advantage of that next week. On PlayStation 5, it will have ray tracing, loading times reduced by the ultra-high-speed SSD, adaptive triggers enable hand-tuned responses, and you can get upgrade your PS4 copy to PS5 for free. For Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which releases day one on Series X and S, uh, 4K60 on Series X, Velocity architecture and direct storage enable faster loading speeds. Smart delivery offers a free upgrade. Over on PS5, 3D audio engine enhances immersion. 4K60 on PS5. Faster loading speeds via the ultra-high SSD and upgrade your copy for free. On for Immortals Phoenix Rising, which releases in December, the uh, 4K60 on on Series X, HDR on compatible screens, Dolby Atmos and spatial audio technology, velocity architecture and direct storage enable faster loading speeds, and smart delivery for a free upgrade. On PS5, you have 3D audio, haptic feedback via the DualSense, 4K60, HDR on compatible screens, faster loading speeds, and upgrade your copy for free. Far Cry 6, um, which unfortunately was just recently delayed to fiscal year 21-22, which means it will come out after March of next year, um, and unfortunately, but hey, COVID. But Far Cry 6, uh, 4K60 on Series X, smart delivery for free upgrade. Granted, I'm sure more news on this game will come out as we get closer. On PS5, 4K60 and upgrade for free. And then... Uh, also stuff for Riders Republic and Just Dance. Um, as for Rainbow Six Siege, 4K 120 on X and S with Smart Delivery, and 4K 120 on PS5 with free upgrade. Uh, for Honor, 4K on Series X, 1080p on Series S, which means it wasn't 1080p. 60 frames per second on both coming in December. Uh, free Smart Upgrade with Smart Delivery. 4K on PS5, 60 on next on PS5, and free upgrade as well. And that is all coming once both consoles release. So be on the lookout for both of those as you get your new consoles and as you get Ubisoft games that come out in the future. But that is it for Ubisoft. We just mentioned that... You know, Far Cry 6 was delayed. Uh, granted, it's a delay for next year. That was a game that was already coming out next year, so it's not too much. Another major game, which was actually supposed to release in just a few short weeks, has been delayed about a month. Cyberpunk 2077 has been delayed, uh, despite already going gold, which means it was already being packaged. And despite the developers saying no more delays and... Unfortunately, garbage humans attacked them on Twitter for it. But Cyberpunk 2077 has been delayed until December 10th. So about a 20-day 20 de- 20 delay. Not too bad. Thank God it's not like uh, two months or anything crazy. Uh, but it will be delayed, I'm guessing, mainly just to put some final polish. And you know what? More power to him. Sucks, but more power to him. 
gives me more time to play Assassin's Creed. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, Sony announced that in the 12 hours that you, that the first 12 hours the PS5 was available to pre-order, the same amount of pre-orders for the PS... Okay, let me rephrase because I'm fucking that up big time. The PS5 had as many pre-orders in 12 hours as they had for pre-orders for PS4 in 12 weeks. So Sony Interactive Entertainment Jim Ryan said that uh, demand for PlayStation 5 quote is very considerable based on U.S. pre-orders. And speaking to Reuters, he's been speaking to a lot of non-video game outlets recently, which is very strange. Um, but it also it also goes on to show that a lot of non-video game outlets are giving video games the respect they deserve, finally. But uh, speaking to Reuters, he said, quote, The demand as expressed by the level of pre-order has been very, very considerable. Um, unquote. He also said, uh, like I said, uh, in the first 12 hours of pre-orders, they sold the same amount of pre-orders of 12 weeks worth of PS4. Uh, he didn't give any actual numbers, but it if you think about it, it's got to be quite high because PS4 sold a lot in its... its um, it had 1 million pre-orders worldwide by July of 2013, uh, four months before it launched. A million PS4s were sold within the console's first 24 hours, so you're thinking there's got to be at least a million PS5s, and which is crazy, but it's got to be around that number then for sure. And they 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 are hoping to have more PS5s at launch than they did of PS4s, and nobody knows yet if that's true. And it just it's a really weird situation right now. And with both consoles, really nobody knows if they're going to have extra Xboxes. Nobody knows if they're going to have extra PS5s. So we'll see what happens for those of you trying to get it on launch day next week. Meanwhile, I really hope mine gets delivered on Tuesday. So, that's that for sure. And, um, sticking with PlayStation here for a second, I just want to talk about all the backflipping that Jim Ryan has been doing this year in regards to PlayStation. And and the stuff that they're doing that all the, the Sony fanboys are just loving and enjoying even though they were shitting on microsoft for doing essentially the same thing you know going back to them saying oh we believe in generations and then two of their biggest titles coming to both ps4 and ps5 despite trying to sell miles morales as a ps5 game and sony interactive entertainment ceo jim ryan speaking to games industry that especially with the pandemic and everything which is stupid to blame it on that. He said, quote, Obviously our eyes and our horizons have lifted with regards to what's possible with the PS4 community. Based on what we've observed over the last six months, that can be quite powerful because in 21-22, that PS4 community that we've spoken about, they will be the vast majority of people on PlayStations during that time. It is crucial that we keep them engaged and happy. And the last six months have de demonstrated that we could do that to an extent that we didn't think possible when we were setting our minds pre-COVID, unquote. That's that's a really shitty way to say things. Like, no, you have 100 million people who aren't going to upgrade right away because, uh, I don't know, they might not have the money because of COVID. So maybe you realize maybe we shouldn't have focused all gung-ho like we were. Which, I just... 
and and uh, David going back to May, he gave an interview and he said he wanted developers to make the most of the PS5. And then, like I said, Miles Morales is coming to PS4. The next Horizon game is coming to uh, PS4. And like I said, they've sold over 100 million PS4 consoles. So it makes sense for them to realize, hey, we have a big market that we shouldn't just abandon. Uh, Especially, and yes, I get COVID plays into that. But at the same time, like, don't be stupid. But... He also said, quote, it's really exciting now. We are right on the brink. Everybody is four or five years into this, and it's really great to be so close to the big moment. You know, I've done them all, and this has easily been the most extraordinary of any of them, unquote. So let's see what happens in a few weeks and a few months down the line and, and how how it all plays out. But it's uh, interesting to, to watch them and in, in their flip-flopping and, and backpedaling on a lot of things, which from a business standpoint makes sense. But then when you have all the shitty toxic fanboys online on both sides, it just, it's all a mess. But anyway, moving on, uh, PS plus and games with gold games have been announced for October or for November, uh, on PS plus, you can get bug snacks on PS five. Only the PS four version will not be available for free. The game does come out uh, the day before PlayStation 5, so uh, you can get that for free on PS5, and you can get it for PlayStation 4 and Windows on November 12th. Um, Then uh, Middle of Earth Shadow of War will be the PS4 game, along with Hollow Knight Void Heart Edition, which uh, solid games, if you haven't played the Shadow of War or Shadow of Mordor in general, either of them, they're both amazing games. Uh, whereas Games with Gold, you get Origami Shadow Edition, Swim Sanity, Lego Indiana Jones, The Original Adventures, and Full Spectrum Warrior, which is your Xbox original game for the month. So be on the lookout for those. Uh, another launch game that was supposed to be out for both, uh, for at least Xbox, I think, was delayed until 2021, and which was that uh, top-down RPG, The Ascent Uh, That's in like a cyberpunk type setting. Uh, That has been delayed until early 2021. So it will no longer launch on the Series X and S. But like I said, as long as developers, especially indie developers like that, get more time to work on something, more power to them. More power to them. That way they get to put some finishing touches and, and final touches. But we'll see what happens with that. And then, again, we have... Not great news coming out of Halo Infinite. Another uh, director for the game has left the studio. And this time it's Chris Lee, who was project director. uh, Especially after the most recent delay. And uh, per Bloomberg News, it said, I've stepped back from from Infinite and I'm looking at a future opportunities. I believe in the team and I'm confident they will deliver a great game. And now is a good time for me to step away. Uh, unquote, which it seems like the game's done and he's decided to leave after it. Um, of course, they brought in Joe Staten, who, like I said earlier, wrote Halo 1. Uh, so they're probably bringing him in to, to fix some things. And Chris Lee is like the third person to leave. Tim Longo left last year. Um, then lead producer Mary Olsen. But 
I just, I don't know. Uh, this was also said by Microsoft. Chris Lee, uh, quote, Chris Lee remains a Microsoft employee, and while he has stepped back from Halo Infinite right now, we appreciate all he has done for the project to date, unquote. I don't think he resigned based on that. That statement's like, hey, uh, we don't like what you're doing anymore, so we're going to pull you off the project. You still work here, but uh, thanks, but no, <laughs> no thanks. Oh, God, it's just more trouble for Halo, man. I think the game's coming sooner than we think, and I think the delay was just to polish things up. But the pessimist in me says otherwise. I just don't want a broken Halo game. And I've said that ad nauseum now. For weeks. Months even. Just just put out a good Halo game. Please. I'm going to play it regardless, but please. I don't want you guys to kill Halo. That would be just terrible. Just terrible. I don't even want to think about it anymore. Anyway, Todd Howard was being interviewed, and uh, someone obviously asked about the Microsoft acquisition. And he essentially said he doesn't see Elder Scrolls VI being exclusive. And all this flip-flopping. Ah, that's it. I'm done. We're done here. This is... I don't know. We shouldn't even be talking about this. Because, A, it was only announced last year. B, it's probably years away. And C, like, who gives a shit what Todd says? At the end of the day, it's it's Phil's call. So, and Todd jerks off Xbox anyway. So, like, it doesn't matter. Who cares? Who cares this far away from a game that we don't even know when it's coming out? Like, everyone needs to relax. Relax, everyone. Please relax. Jesus. But uh, one more thing to talk about before we talk about the Watch Dogs Legion review, and that is Sony and Insomniac Games have announced that Miles Morales will be getting a Into the Spider-Verse costume, and it looks amazing. It will still it will have that same cel-shaded effect that the movie did. It looks like it came straight out of the movie in terms of like its movements and things like that at that that frames per second they filmed at where it was like double exposure or double animated or whatever it was and honestly I might just play the game in just that skin, that skin when when the game comes out. Uh but that uh Miles Morales releases October no, October it's November on November 14th a day after the launch of PlayStation 5 uh and it also releases on PlayStation 4 on the same day. Oh, November 12th, excuse me, the day before, not the day after, the day before. But the Spider-Verse costume is coming to Miles Morales. And uh, that's it for most of the video game news. Like I said, I did want to talk about Watch Dogs Legion, which released on Thursday. Uh, this is the third game in the Watch Dogs franchise. And what sets it apart from the previous games and, and a whole lot of other games, actually, in general is that there's not one set protagonist. You actually essentially can play as anyone. Uh, in the beginning of the game, you're, you're given a set select few to choose from to start the game with. Uh, and then from there, essentially, you can recruit just about anyone to your team. Anyone walking around London, because the game takes place in London in the late 2020s, I'm assuming. Uh, you essentially can scan every single one of them and add them to your team. But uh, what's what's very interesting is not every not every person is the same, right? Every person is different. Everything is 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 crazy 
really, if you think about it. And hold on, I'm, I'm pulling up. There's this one that I, there's this an old woman. I was walking down the street in London and I was like, all right, let's see what this lady's doing. Cause you know, they, they hyped that old granny that you could recruit all throughout their marketing, right? Uh, this woman is named Brittany Bay, a housing advisor says buys rifles for historical reenactments. Yet <laughs> this woman is packing. She's got a, a Negev light machine gun that she comes with a weapon However, she has a death wish and may die permanently. Uh, permadeath is an option that I did not enable and has low mobility, so no cover or, spr or sprint. So this woman, you can recruit this old lady who's packing an, an LMG, but, you know, she's going to go out with a bang, <laughs> essentially. She's going out with a bang and a fury. But th there's been some other wild and crazy people. Uh, there's a bare-knuckle boxing league in the game that you participate in and you can recruit pretty much all those boxers. Uh, I have the ultimate edition, so I, I got access to a few uh, hackers, if you will, that I could add to my team. Uh, one of them has like digital cat ears. Another guy is a, a tattoo artist, but he's got this like digital halo. The, the outfits are like next level insane in this game. Um, but overall, it, it's a, it, the gameplay is very smooth. I'm having a lot of fun playing the game. It, it is it is very fun. I, I enjoyed the previous two Watch Dogs. I'm probably a quarter of the way through, I think. I've been playing a lot of side missions, just trying to, to do a lot. Uh, vehicles are, are a little asinine to drive. It's one of the only few down things in the game is that the handling isn't, isn't great. It's not perfect. Uh, it could be fixed a little more. But other than that, it, it, everything is very smooth, polished. I can't wait to see what it's like on with ray tracing on, on the X next week. Because um, I'll obviously still be playing it. But uh, the, the missions have been fun and different. Uh, now you get your own little personal spider bot that you can use for a lot of different types of missions. Every mission is different based off how you want to approach things and, and who you might want to bring in on the team. Uh, the different the different things that can be hacked are really are really good. Uh, there's different drones fall, flying over the city. There's turrets, automated turrets. You can hack just about everyone. There's a new skill where you can like shock someone from their mobile device. You can even uh, recruit people from like the enemy factions, which is a very interesting dynamic because then you can use them as a way to like sneak into restricted areas. The map is quite large. Uh, it, it's small by some more recent Ubisoft standards, but other than that, it, it's still a very big map for what it is, and it, there is a lot of exploring and, and collectibles and things to find. There's uh, almost every major landmark of London is there. You can recruit spies and get special spy gear. Uh, there's different people with different weapons that you can recruit as they're not just available to you all the time. And considering you're a hacker group that's not trying to kill people, you get, you actually get, um, like electric weapons, I, I guess you'd call them. So they, they shoot shock bullets instead of actual bullets. So you don't actually kill anyone with them. Um, but what's interesting too, is it will actually affect how those people might view you. So it would make it even harder if you wanted to recruit them in the future, if you like beat them up or, or you like shoot them, you know? It's definitely not the nemesis system that, that the Shadow of War games had, but it's it's definitely a different aspect than than some other previous games in the series. And uh, uh, granted, it's it's different, like I said, than any game 
that's really come out before. It's 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 rare that you don't have a main and uh, protagonist. Uh, uh, granted, you can always recruit people, but it was never where you could just sw- swap, and there wasn't a protagonist at all since the the each one kind of fits into the story differently. You can almost say the main protagonist is is an AI companion that you have because he's the only constant really. Because you can you can remove people from your team, bring new people in, so it's it's always a revolving door. And it's it's different in a good way. It's a very refreshing take on a on a what I could you could almost I don't want to say a stale genre because the RPG is never going to be stale, but it, it's a refreshing take on something that probably could have benefited from it in the past as well. Overall, though, I'm loving the game. Like I said, solid solid nine out of ten for me. Probably the best in the series. Uh, one was a proof of concept, if you will. Two, expanded on that and and followed through. And three is like the culmination of everything that worked in the first two games and just made it amazing. And I'm loving Watch Dogs Legion. And I can't wait to see what happens with DLC and, and how that all plays out. And hopefully it's not the last Watch Dogs game in the franchise. But a solid 9 out of 10 for me on Watch Dogs Legion. Um... That's it for gaming today. Let's kind of move on to TV here. Um, Bit to talk about, bit not to talk about. And uh, we're going to talk about The Mandalorian, which dropped on Friday. uh, As we get ready for episode two of the season two of The Mandalorian. Uh, Showtime has announced that the Dexter revival, which will be a 10 episode season, which will air sometime next year will serve as an official, like, uh, season finale, or series finale. So, hopefully this will erase the bad taste in everyone's mouth from from the series finale that aired a number of years back uh, that a lot of people like to complain about. But, seems like every major show like that just doesn't end on the extremely high expectations people set for it. Hmm, I wonder. I wonder why. Anyway, moving on. Uh, it has been announced by Hasbro, since they are the owners of the Power Rangers franchise now, that with their new production company, E1, that they will begin a new TV and movie universe that will be all interconnected, uh, and it will be led by Jonathan Entwistle, who was actually supposed to helm the new Paramount Power Rangers movie for Hasbro a couple years ago, um, after the one that came out in 2017 didn't do so well. Um, but he will uh, serve as the new like head writer, honcho guy for the franchise. Uh, he is previously known for creating I Am Not Okay With This, which premiered on Netflix earlier this year. So this time it looks like, so I guess they're getting rid of all those, like all the shows that have just gone on forever at this point and are getting way out of hand and they're going to reboot it uh, and it will tie in with movies and films together. And I wonder if this means they'll be ditching the Super Sentai stuff from Japan, which essentially is, I mean, that's what makes Power Rangers Power Rangers. So, I don't know. Like, I don't know what you do without, if you dump Super Sentai. Like, it, you lose the heart and soul, I guess, of it. That, that's my take, at least. I don't, I don't know how other people would feel about that, but that's, that's my issue. I don't know. Uh, got some Disney Plus news. Uh, Disney Plus will be moving forward with the the 
uh, sequel to Willow as a television show uh, will feature Warwick Davis. And John M. Chu will direct. Uh, he was also, he. most people know him now for directing Crazy Rich Asians. He's directed some other films in the past. Uh, some of the step-up films, some, some concert movies. Uh, and now uh, Crazy Rich Asians, of course. And now uh, In the Heights, which is forthcoming. And he will direct at least one episode of the Willow revival at Disney+. Plus. Uh, also announced, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier is looking back... Um, Looking back at the MCU and, and trying to bring back old characters from the from very beginnings, from phase one, from the Paramount days, essentially. And they want to like expand on them and give them more time. If that means Galaga guy from, from Avengers 1, <laughs> if that means bringing Phil Coulson, which I think they should do, but I, probably not going to happen, or uh, other characters, uh, it would be remains to be seen. And, of course, the show, which was supposed to come out earlier this year, I think August, if I remember correctly, or September, which is now expected to drop either late this year or early next year uh, due to 2020 delays. (laughs) But they're looking to bring back, but hopefully not too much longer for that show. I don't know. Uh, A member of the Streaming Wars has fallen. Queeby has died. After just six months on the market, the platform created by previous DreamWorks exec Jeff Katzenberg and previous CEO of HP Meg Whitman failed to, uh, I guess, meet what audiences wanted. And granted, I, I think this thing could have worked if not everyone was forced to be home for like the last six months. It's definitely something that was meant for more on the go, and on the go didn't really exist anymore. So chalk it up to just bad timing (laughs) more than anything on this show. Anyway, The Addams Family, uh, it was perfect timing last week as the news came out, but The Addams Family may be returning to TV with Tim Burton producing, possibly even directing. Um, No word yet on, on network or anything like that, but Tim Burton with Addams Family just equals like gold for me i think it equals gold for anyone who might sign on to the project especially if like a bidding war exists for for who's going to get the streaming or distribution rights that's definitely two things that you want together tim burton and the adams family and the fact that it hasn't happened before you almost have to like pinch yourself it's like is this real but it's it's definitely a, a welcome thing to hear uh Two people that should be, in, or two things that should be involved with each other, finally are. So that's that's something to be on the lookout for in the future. Um, Oscar Isaac has announced that he's in talks with Marvel and Disney about starring in the Moon Knight uh, series that's coming to Disney Plus. Moon Knight is always described as like Marvel's um, Batman, essentially. I don't I don't know how true that is, but I mean it's it's. Um, he is a superhero that operates at night and is a vigilante and things like that. And, and you know, they're not superheroes. But if Oscar Isaac is in it, I'm 100% on board for this show. Oscar Isaac is an, is, a, is an amazing, talented actor who's definitely got incredible range. And if the MCU is going to benefit from someone who have, they haven't had before, it's, it's definitely Oscar Isaac. That's for damn sure. That is for damn sure. 
but that's good. Uh, moving on, uh, looks like HBO Max and Cartoon Network have announced a Tiny Toons reboot that will be coming to the platform sometime next year. Uh, no word yet on if the original voice cast is returning or, or if it's going to be a continuation or a full reboot. Uh, similar to how, you know, the Animaniacs is coming back, but that's a continuation. Spielberg, uh, Steven Spielberg will return to produce and it will air on both, like I said, both HBO Max and Cartoon Network sometime next year, a new Tiny Toons Adventures. That's what they end up calling it, at least. Um, sticking with HBO Max... Uh, Chappelle's show will be joining HBO Max this month. Uh, it will also be joining Netflix. And then, uh, speaking of Netflix, Netflix will be raising its prices this year, if not early next year. Uh, the standard HD version of Netflix will go from $12.99 to $13.99, where the 4K four devices will go from $15.99 to $17.99. And standard... Uh, or st- standard def will remain at eight ninety nine, and uh, yeah, that's Netflix going up in price. How about that? Lovely. Uh, anyway, uh, the CW has set premiere dates for its uh, CW or DC shows for the for the spring. Uh, no word yet, though, on Supergirl's final season or uh, um, Legends of Tomorrow, but. It will kick off with the Batwoman on January 17th, Black Lightning on February 8th, and then the Flash and the new show Superman and Lois on February 23rd. So, just a few more months until the CW superhero shows return. Um, one more piece of news before we go to the Mandalorian, and it looks like Sony is looking to buy Crunchyroll uh, for close to a billion dollars, uh, Sony is looking to, I guess, increase their anime capabilities and their streaming stuff. As you know, there, which makes sense. You know, Sony has a film department that probably isn't doing too hot because of this year in general. Just like a lot of other studios and and things, and they probably want to beef up their streaming as Disney reorganizes to focus on streaming. And CBS recently announced that they want to push to focus on streaming as well so obviously if if you have a movie studio and you don't have a streaming component you want to beef that up and and crunchy roll is definitely something that they can use in their favor but i do want to talk about the mandalorian and season two had its premiere last week on friday and it essentially blew up star wars canon Uh, In a way that I was not expecting, and in a very good way, and they brought back a lot of stuff from the old EU and readapted it. Uh, They brought in characters from the Aftermath trilogy, uh, 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 Cobb Vanth, who wears Boba Fett's armor, and this has been known. There are some other spoilers I don't really want to talk about. Um, We'll talk about them soon, hopefully. And there's a freaking crate dragon, which is insane, and it's enormous. And uh, it's just, it was amazing to see them go that far in the first episode of season two. And going back to Tatooine and things like that. And it's just, oh my god, it was so fucking good. 
to see all that. They even get a crate Dragon Pearl, which is straight out of the Knights of the Old Republic. He interacts with the, the Tuscans. It, it's all like a lot of it was straight out of, out of um, Knights of the Old Republic. A lot of it was out of the new canon. And it was just amazing to see Mandalorians, to see Cobb Vanth in the, in the, the Boba Fett armor, and the Krat Dragon, Crate Dragon, however you want to however you want to say it or pronounce it. They even took the sound from Obi-Wan making the sound in, in A New Hope. Oh, so fucking good. It was just so fucking good. And you need to watch it. And and if you're sleeping on it, I don't know what the hell you're waiting for. But, and there's just, it sets up so much for what can happen in this season. And I can't fucking wait. I can't. I just can't fucking wait. And it sucks that it's weekly. But, so be it. But, that's, um... But that's it for TV. I did want to talk about some streaming things. But uh, coming to Disney Plus this month, obviously every week a new episode of The Mandalorian. A new series about inside Pixar. Uh, The Lego Star Wars Holiday Special, which is being very hyped up. A lot of the stars from the films are going to be in it. Uh, And then of course a new show, The Wonderful World of Mickey Mouse. And that's going to be like an inside look again at, at Disney. Uh, moving over to Netflix, there's a lot of stuff coming, but again, focusing on things I know you guys might like. Uh, Boys in the Hood, Ocean's Eleven, Platoon, Chappelle's Show, like I mentioned earlier, uh, Fruitville Station, and The Crown, the final season, or season four of The Crown, and V for Vendetta. So those are all coming, those are some things coming to Netflix this month to look out for. But anyway, let's talk about some movies. Uh, the James Bond franchise's future is 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 currently in flux uh, especially given the the current climate and you know everything with the constant delay for no time to die but the producers have said that uh considering this is daniel craig's last film uh barbara broccoli and michael g wilson the producers uh they want to have someone who's next reimagine the role and they want to do something that's still James Bond. They were talking to Total Film, and they said they're quote unquote looking for the right person. Uh, and they also said quote I always say you can only be in love with one person at a time. Once the film's out, then some time will pass, and then we'll have to get on to the business of the future. But for now, we just cannot think about anything beyond Daniel. It will have to be reimagined in the way each actor has reimagined the role. That's what is so exciting and fun about this franchise. The character evolves. Eventually, when we have to think about it, we'll find the right person, unquote. Um, They also said that it had to be, um, Broccoli said, quote, it doesn't need to be a white man, not as far as I'm concerned, unquote. And her father created the film franchise. uh, And also said, quote, we should create roles for women, not just turn a man into a woman, unquote. Because again, I don't know if you could make a woman James Bond and... It looks like they're going to bring a, a nice female double O into No Time to Die, and I'm totally on board with that. Uh, I just think keep James Bond, James Bond, and then create like a Jane Bond character or something like that. And some people said Tom Hardy, Jesus Christ. Tom Hardy just would not be a good James Bond. Um, but speaking of that, rumors are now starting to fly that they were looking at shopping No Time to Die to possibly a streaming service. And uh, according to Variety, they were shipping it to possibly Apple or Netflix. Uh, MGM has denied this, though, uh, saying 
they were looking to maybe uh, Variety said they were trying to sell it for six hundred million. No word on ever anyone ever budged on it i guess no one wanted to spend that kind of money which granted i get because again rate of return rate of investment or return of you know what i mean roi return on investment that's what it is but thank god it's not and it's going to be in a theater where james bond should be experienced because it it needs to be experienced in a theater for sure um speaking of james bond it's unfortunate that we have to report the passing of Sean Connery, the best Bond, and uh, you know the Bond I grew up with. Even though Sean or uh, Sean Connery, Sean Connery, yes, was pretty much the first Bond I, I watched as a kid. Even though you know Pierce Brosnan was there as well, and a lot of celebrities and people gave a lot of support and said kind words, and Daniel Craig, of course as well as Michael Bay wrote a touching statement on how Sean Connery helped him when making The Rock. And it's it's just unfortunate he passed away at the age of 90 on Halloween Day. And he was he is a man that will be greatly missed, for sure. But moving on. Uh, it has been reported that the Batman is using the same kind of digital filming technology that they use on The Mandalorian. Uh, ILM is is aiding with the visual effects. Uh, they call it um, the volume. And uh, it was pioneered on The Lion King and things like that by Jon Favreau. And, and they're now using it on The Batman, which that's probably going to offer up some amazing visual storytelling opportunities that, that I can't wait to see for sure in there uh so uh hopefully we don't have to wait too long for that film and for the first time ever china has toppled the u.s box office but given the situation we're in it makes sense and you know i think it's one of the smallest box offices in years too but china overtook us they've brought in 1.988 billion this year and the u.s has only brought in 1.937 so not by much but enough for them to overtake us and uh, remember movie theaters were really only open until march late march and then of course they only just started barely reopening this year and again very limited capacity but china overtook us in another thing hmm but anyway moving on uh, Fast and the Furious 11 has been announced to be the final film in the saga, so essentially they are splitting up what was supposed to be just 10 into 10 and 11, and Justin Lin will be directing the final two films after also directing uh, Fast 9, which was delayed until spring of next year. So now Justin Lin has directed, I think, five out of, uh, out of the, the, the 11 uh, Fast and the Furious films. Let's let's take a look. So, of all the films, Justin Lin directed Tokyo Drift, Fast and Furious, Fast Five, Fast Six. He's directing Fast Nine, Ten, and Eleven. So he's he's literally directed almost all of them at this point. <laughs> Some of the best and the worst. <coughs> Tokyo Drift. What? Sorry, huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we also got news. So Michael Keaton was on Jimmy Kimmel recently, and he essentially stated that he doesn't, uh, he hasn't officially signed on 
as uh, as Batman yet for the Flash movie. Just saying they're having talks and negotiations. He's he's teasing us. He's teasing us is what he's doing. And I'm all for it. I'm Batman. <laughs> Please, Michael Keaton, come back. But uh, it's, it's just funny that he did it on Jimmy Kimmel because Jimmy's really good friends with Ben Affleck, who's Batfleck, who's coming back as Batfleck. Anyway, uh, speaking of Batman and Batfleck, the Snyder Cut has announced two new, two more stars coming to film uh, extended scenes, uh, including Jared Leto coming back for Joker, which is very, 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 very interesting, and Joe Manganiello coming back as Deathstroke and inject it straight into my fucking veins, if that's true. That's fucking badass. That's fucking sick. Oh, God, I wish we had the Batfleck movie where he was going to be the main villain. But that's um, that's fucking sick. Uh, uh, Tomb Raider, unfortunately, the sequel to Tomb Raider has been indefinitely delayed. But, yeah, it's been pulled from the release schedule. And um, interesting, because the, the first one was actually pretty good. It was a decent movie. And uh, I was hoping they would do more with that franchise and, and hopefully they will. But, uh, that's it for this week on Nick's Nerd news. Thank you guys for listening. I know we kind of had a lot to go through and blew through some things, but, um, otherwise next week's going to be a nice, big, fun blowout talking about, uh, Xbox series X. Unfortunately, we won't have stuff to talk about NBA 2k or Valhalla till the next week when I really get to sit down and play everything. But, and, you know, of course, we're just going to talk about initial impressions. But other than that, thank you guys for listening. Please check in next week when we talk about the next gen and the week after. Uh, as And the weeks and weeks after, I should say, as next gen will kind of dominate what I talk about for the next couple weeks uh, as it's that time of year. But thank you guys for listening. I hope I provided some escape from the nonsense that's going on in the news this week. And uh, as always, check out nixnerdnews.com where you guys can listen to the show right in your browser or you can find our Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Podcast pages where you can like, subscribe, rate, review, any of those fun, fancy things. Also, while you're there, check out our social tab so you can find our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram all under News. Post a lot of funny memes that I find online. They are not my own unless explicitly stated. I just want to make sure that you guys know that I'm not stealing i mean i don't want to steal memes and take credit right i give credit where credit's due and thank you guys as of course for listening i will catch you guys on the flip side